You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about what makes a good book event and a bunch of other questions y'all had. Y'all had a lot of questions. It's kind of a questions episode, right, Mallory? Yeah, we're solving some things. We're solving. uh, (laughs) We're over here solving. (laughs) We're here to solve your book problems. Uh, But first, what are you reading, Bria? Okay, so we just did our readathon. And um, y'all Which people love. Y'all love that readathon. Wow. So many people tuned in. We got so many great responses. But we asked people what they were reading, and I kind of clocked that there was a book that I've been wanting to read that was a lot of people were reading, which was Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. Yes. This is becoming a buzzy science fiction book. Yeah. And it's Okay, it's it's a lot of things here. It's um, I'm only like a ten percent of the way through it, or something. But it seems to be uh, aliens, uh, some sort of deal with the devil situation, and then also uh, transgender youth who is uh, really good at the violin. Hold on, <laughs> this sounds hold like on. things back that up, would not up. all be in the same book that they are and they work. Space Satan. No, two different storylines. Okay, so it's told from three perspectives, and uh, one is another violinist, and this person is very good at teaching the violin, but there seems to be some sort of deal with the devil situation. I'm not giving anything away. They reveal that in the first 10% of the book. Um, there's also this donut shop that seems to be run by aliens, and then the it seems like one of them, well, it's like three different storylines, but then that third one is uh, this person who's really good at violin. So obviously they're going to meet the the person who has the deal with the devil, I think. Anyway, it's basically like a little bit of like, you know, Satan-y, culty stuff, cursy, whatever, curse, curses, I don't know. Um, it definitely has some space alien stuff and some science fiction. <laughs> These don't sound like they'd go together, and that's what makes it a really great book because I was reading and I was like, wait, what? Like, and it <laughs> seems to totally work. And then, and this is addressed, the author addresses this head on very quickly. Like, oh, you're in a world where, uh, like, I come from space, so, like, I don't even believe in fucking deals with the devil. The devil doesn't exist to me. And then, like, I'm in a No, I, there's and, no Satan in space. There's no Satan in space. Um, so, I don't, it's very, very, very well written. Um, and I think the Glassers would like it because it has uh, a lot of queer, there seems to be some queer romances brew, brewing. I will say, um, trigger warnings already for, um, uh, sexual abuse and um, specifically transgender abuse. But so far, I'm loving it. I see why everyone in the uh, Reading Glasses group is loving it. I see why everyone was reading it. It is so great so far. I'm going to get off this podcast and go read it some more. It's so great. Uh, nice. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I, again, final push of trying to read 2021 books. Uh, I am reading a book that was actually in my stack for the readathon and I didn't get to it. Um, it is The Removed by Brandon Hobson and it is so fucking good. It's a literary fiction book. It's about this uh, Cherokee family and 15 years before the uh, events of the book, one of the sons in the family was murdered by a cop. And it's sort of about like, so 15 years later, everybody in the family has dealt with this death and, and this murder in extremely different ways 
Um, and you know, the, the, the other kids are not doing so great. One of them is, has an addiction problem. Another one sort of like tries to fill the void with, um, relationships. And obviously that never works. Um, the parents, the, uh, the mother's trying to deal with the husband because he's, uh, dealing with Alzheimer's and what, what is happening is coming up is the 15th anniversary of the son's death. And every year they come together and like have a bonfire to sort of remember him. Uh, it also happens to be on the same day as Cher- the Cherokee National Holiday. Uh, so as um, the this bonfire approaches, everyone in the family is sort of preparing to get back together. And what starts to happen is like the lines between the normal world and the spirit world start to blur a little bit the closer and closer they each get to um, th- this bonfire and this holiday and this like special day of remembrance and some sort of like sort of magical things start to happen um, to each of them as they as they all sort of get closer closer to converging and it's just like really beautifully written um if you love family dramas if you love a little bit of magical realism uh it's just so fantastic i'm only like i don't know a, a third of the way through but i'm really really enjoying it uh so that is the removed by brandon hobson and mine is light from uncommon stars by rika aoki So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Richard wrote in, my reading snack solution is a very British technique. You take a shot glass or a teacup and fill it with small snacks like M&Ms or peanuts. And then you eat the snacks with a teaspoon. Nothing gets on your fingers at all. And if you've had a bad week, you can make a candy wow. cocktail by pouring a few packets of different kinds of chocolate and nuts into your glass. Wow. By the way, we normally only get mini M&Ms at Britain, maybe to distinguish them from Smarties, Smarties, which uh, our friend Helena wrote in or sent sent us a couple of boxes of Smarties. Right. They're very, very tasty. Very, very different. You can always tell chocolate that's not from the U.S. because it's just like so much tastier. <laughs> um, uh, Richard says, I didn't know you could get full-sized M&Ms until I heard your episode. <laughs> that's really interesting to think about. Uh, like, well, what are these giant M&Ms I know, doing I like, over I here? Like, and I, I'm like, what size does he think they are? Does he think that they're like palm size? Tiny. Or like, I mean, no, like, the, like the full size ones. Like, does he think? Oh, <laughs> oh I would love a palm size M&M. That mm. would be delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and Richard's reading wheelhouse is unique worlds, gothic sensibilities, vampires and ghosts, underrepresented historical settings, afterlives. That's a really cool wheelhouse mm-hmm. item. Uh, alien protagonist, high fantasy, strange powers, and the new weird. Man, afterlives. That is a really cool wheelhouse item. What is the new weird? It is a like sort of subgenre of horror that it's a lot of like writers writing cosmic horror, um, mm. like Caitlin Kiernan, uh, Laird Barron. Uh, so not weird fiction. It's not like weird fiction. It's something else. Yeah, it is. It's but it's it's modern writers writing weird fiction. Ah, okay, got it. Cody wrote in and said, "I'm a longtime glasser." First time writer. Recently, my partner, my mom, and I flew from our hometown to Las Vegas for a family wedding, about a 2.5 hour flight. We arrived at our gate the obligatory hour early and decided to read while we waited. When I brought up out Bria's graphic novel, Mary, my mom peeked over and asked what I was reading, expecting she would thumb through it with polite interest. I handed it to her, told her about reading glasses and how much I'd been looking forward to reading this book for for spooky season. To my surprise, I did not get my book back until about halfway through our flight when my mom finished it, cover to cover. 
and asked me when another was coming out. I don't know if she's ever read a graphic novel before, but she really enjoyed it. Aw, that's so nice. Mallory, thank you for putting this in there. That's so sweet. This is, I, I love this so much. Like, this, what, a, what a funny move to be like, oh, can I look at that book? No, I'm going to read the whole thing. Don't even say anything. Uh, it's safe to say my mom is on her way to becoming a glasser, and I look forward to sharing more Reading Glasses podcast-related material the next time we get together. Um, reading Glasses reignited my love for reading and has made Thursday my favorite day of the week. Thank you so much for the show. Oh, that's very, very sweet. So Cody's uh, reading pathway, a reading doorway is character oh, nice. mixed with story and plot. And Cody's wheelhouse is Sarah Gailey, just straight I, up Sarah Gailey. It's a full, which, it's, it's a full, it's a full part of a wheelhouse now. <laughs> extremely re- relatable. Um, queer coming of age books with interconnected storylines, especially author Jay Bell. Uh, weird fiction in the spirit of Night Vale. And audiobooks with full cast narration, bonus points for the inclusion of mood music. Ooh. On a side note, I'm including a picture of my mom's handmade crochet bookmark your bookmarks episode reminded me of the night she and i sat together watching tv shows while she crocheted with the smallest yarn i'd ever seen and thought you would enjoy seeing her handiwork oh we should post this photo it's really cool this mom is cool oh wow that sounds amazing yeah i want to see it uh so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month you can sign up for our newsletter there's a link in the show notes and speaking of what makes a good book event um a bookmark from me i do have some more girly drinks events throughout the rest of the year um one of them is going to be in person and the rest of them are going to be virtual uh the in-person one i'm really excited about because okay Bri, get this the san francisco public library rented out a drag bar for me to do a girly drinks event in. Oh, that's very fun. So on uh, December 14th in person, courtesy of the San Francisco Public Library, I am going to be in the gorgeous champagne room at the Oasis nightclub uh, to do a girly drinks event. So if you're in the Bay Area, please join. Wow. I'm very excited about it. But I'm also on um, uh, Wednesday, December 1st, I'm going to be in conversation with the president of Bourbon Women uh, about women in bourbon for the Bourbon Book Club. Um, I'm also doing a virtual event with the Detroit Books and Author Society. Uh, so if you miss any of my girly drinks events, there's a few more coming up. I think this is the what this is going to be the end of it for this year, but I already have some lined up for next year is also in person and virtual. Um, but yeah, please, please join. I'm really, really excited about it. And again, like book event with the library in a drag bar. I honestly can't think of a cooler event to do. That sounds amazing. That's so cool. I'm so excited. Uh, so before we talk about book events and what makes them great, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We get our cars tuned up to prevent bigger issues down the road. We get annual checkups and go to the gym to maintain physical wellness and prevent injury and disease. Mallory lifts weights all of the time. Y'all, she's lifting a ton of weight right now. I like to go swimming. But guess what else falls into those categories? Therapy. Going to therapy is like all of those things. It's routine maintenance for your mental health and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. It doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. You know that we love being healthy here on Reading Glasses, and we love investing in our minds. And BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. You don't got to put on makeup. You can wear your sweatpants. You can just text somebody. You know, you could do video and not wear makeup too, but they make it very easy for you. 
It can be more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So why are you investing in everything else? I know y'all bought a ton of books this last week. I know you did. Why are you investing in that, but not your mind? So this podcast, again, is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Reading Glasses listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash glasses. That's B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash glasses. Glasses. Hello, I'm Pee Wee Herman. You might know me from TV, but I really want to be a DJ. It took some convincing, but KCRW finally agreed to give me an hour on the radio to play you some music with my friends. (laughs) Anyway, tune in for one hour of the bestest, most funnest time you'll ever have on the Pee Wee Herman Radio Hour. I am personally inviting you to tune your transistor radio in to hear me or go to kcrw.com. Duh. (laughs) It'll be available for the whole week from November 26th to December 3rd. So you can listen to it again and again and again and again and again. The Pee Wee Herman Radio Hour was produced by Maximum Fun and can be streamed on KCRW.com until December 3rd. This week, it's all about book events. We got the following question from a listener named Mitch. Recently found your podcast and am loving it. I didn't think I needed to know anything more about reading, but you've proved me wrong. I'm also a new author with a release coming in the spring. I searched your back episodes, but didn't find this topic. What makes a good book event? I've been to authors who read from their books and it's kind of boring. Also, it's mostly just people who are already a big fan of a book who go to these things, i.e. you're not selling more books. For my events, I want to have live music, people telling firsthand experience, my book is nonfiction, and something about the book rather than just reading from it like poetry. We'd love to hear an episode on your thoughts. So here's an episode on it. We've done multiple episodes about book events, but we've never done one about what we think makes a good book event. Um, And I did poll the folks in the Reading Glasses Slack, and it seemed like the majority of folks seemed to like a conversation between two authors rather than a reading. Bria, what do you think? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do like that. I like that a lot. Um, especially if I know both of the authors, but I don't have to. I'd, I'd like to know one of them, obviously. Um, a good pairing also is an author and a comedian or an author and some sort of host because that way if the author is like nervous or they're just like, you know, a writer. They're an awkward writer. writer. They spent the last <laughs> three years of their life writing this book and they're like, you know, whatever. Um, if they're not so much a speaker, the other person can like lighten it up because I saw, I've saw a few of those during the pandemic. A few... Um, uh, like comedians or kind of personalities hosting things for authors. What do you think? Yeah. Um, normally what I want from a book event is something that I can't get from the book. Mm. You know, it's something has to, I like having something special that I can't get from the experience of reading. Um, so for me, yeah, that's usually an author in conversation with someone talking about the subject of the book or, you know, talking about their writing or something like that. With a reading, 
my whole thing about readings is that I'm usually either hearing something that I've already read or something out of context. And you know how I feel about spoilers. <laughs> I love reading a book where I don't know anything about it. Um, so uh, I'm not a big fan of readings. I know that there's a lot of readers that love hearing authors read, which I, I like, it's one of those things where I intellectually get it, but it's just not for me. Um, for me, I'd rather see or hear something that I can't get from the book. And that's part of why I never, I personally, as an author, I never do readings um, plus I read my audiobook, so I feel like, like I don't ever need to read it ever again. Like mm-hmm. I did it in one fell swoop. Uh, I did one single reading for an event that Charlie Jane Anders put on, but that's literally only because I would do anything for Charlie Jane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, if there's one person in the world that I will do a reading for it, it's Charlie Jane Anders. But other than that, yeah, I just, uh, I'd rather see a cool conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Something you're right. Something you can't get. Else, elsewhere you can't just like look it up or something and and I like I just like a Q&A like I like to hear like people ask yeah. the author questions yeah well especially because if you've read a book a lot of the times after you're reading a book you're like man I wish I could ask an author this question or I yeah. wish I could see them talking about this sort of thing in detail and that's what I think the best book events are um well besides that stuff Bria you think or is there any like non-bookish stuff you like to see at book events like performances Ooh. or singing or you know um if it's good, if it's good, <laughs> sure. I have attended a lot of open mics in my life. I would be wary of a musical performance unless it's very good. I'd limit it to like one song, maybe two songs, but not not a full set. Uh, because what if you don't like the music? I don't know. Now, I started thinking about this and I was like, I have a pitch. What about a magic show? Oh now, my God. I personally- Pulling your book out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I personally just really love magic. So if they were like- it's a book event, but there's going to be a magic show. I'd be like, I don't care what the author is. I'll just come see that. Like, that sounds amazing because I would just go to a magic show. But um, Even if the book had nothing to do with magic? Yeah, totally. Still, <laughs> we'd be fine with it. I wish every event had a magic show. I wish when I went to like the movie theater, someone would come out and like do a little magic trick before that or like that any is- sort of event I have to go to. The ballet, you go to the ballet and some guy comes out and... You know, a dove, the whole a dove flies out of, out of his hat or something. Cuts a ballerina in half. Wow, that is, um, sure. I'm just saying, um, like, would I like some non-bookish things? Like, yes, but they need to be very entertaining. Like, yeah. again, like, I don't necessarily want to see someone trying their stand-up bits there unless they're really good. You know, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> Don't I'm, test out any new material. No, here. no, no, no. Let's go with something tried and true. Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah, I guess it depends on the book and the author. Like um, if Rachel Bloom ever did an in-person event for her memoir, it'd be cool to see her perform some of the songs from it, you know, because sure, if yeah. you listen to the audiobook, she has like some songs that are really cool. Um, Sarah Gailey and I helped launch Maggie Takuda Hall and Lisa Sterl's graphic novel Squad near Halloween last month. Um, and instead of a book talk or a Q&A, we did these really terrible Halloween-themed fuck, Mary kill brackets oh, that's instead. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. People loved it. We had an absolute blast. Honestly, I think what we're telling Mitch is that you just should make it fun. People are usually more interested in having fun and being entertained than anything else. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about the fuck, Mary kill brackets, which I'm not necessarily advocating, but I think it is a really good idea. Um, you know, if done in a good way, but is that you kind of get to know the author and that's what people yes. are there to do is that like- By knowing who they want to either fuck, marry or kill. <laughs> all three. Um, uh, so I think like that's what we're saying is if there's a way people can feel like they get to know you in a way 
that's what we're really there for is that like we can look at an interview with an author anywhere, you know? So it's like, yeah. it, it is kind of, we want to see like the charm, the interesting things that we are, we, we want to see in a human in these events. So what would make you go to an author event for an author that's in Mitch's situation, like a debut author that you've never read anything from? Magic. Magic. <laughs> puppies? Oh, could there be puppies? Puppies involved? Ooh, like, like one of those, uh, like when you call up uh, the shelter and they bring animals over that are up for adoption. Yeah, bring those over. Uh, um, uh, free cupcakes. That could be very helpful. Have it. Ooh, have it at a drag bar. That sounds great. Like something cool like that. Um, I, I will say a debut author. That is really tough. Um, if it was a subject I was interested in, like this person who wrote in obviously did nonfiction, which is, that would be a draw for me if it was a subject I was already interested in. Um, or I know them from elsewhere. I know them from somewhere else. So yeah, like Rachel Bloom, obviously. Um, or I had already read the book and really liked it. Um, but as far as like a debut author whose books I haven't read, ooh, that's going to be tough. But I'm going to say me, I don't go to a lot of events. And so I'm the hardest sell here. Like I am your toughest audience to get to leave my house. Um, I don't like leaving my house. Thank you for coming to my author events. (laughs) I came, I was there, I... I watched, I went home, went to bed. Uh, it was great. It was lovely. But it's, I'm just a tough sell. Mallory, you may be better about this because you will you will go to more author events than I will. Uh, yeah, usually what, what it does it for me, uh, sorry, there's a ground squirrel running in front of my office and he has so many nuts and seeds in his cheeks. It is <laughs> really frightening and impressive. Um, yeah, usually that author being in conversation with an author that I do know, um, which is why publishers set up those events and try to like, you know, if you're an author, they try to pair you with an author that has a similar audience to your book. Um, there are certain authors that I always love to see speak no matter who they're talking to. So for Mitch, I'd say, are there any other local authors that you know that would be willing to be in conversation with you or, um, you know, interview you or something like that? Or depending on the nonfiction book, you know, something to do with your subject. Like for girly drinks, I've been doing events with bartenders and distillers and distillery owners. Um, nonfiction is actually a little easier in that regard depending on like, again, what your subject is, because find a place in your community that has a built-in audience for that. Um, or you, uh, I didn't even put this in our outline because now I'm just thinking of it, but contact your local library and see if they're willing to um, uh, do an event with you, host an event with you. And that way that event goes out to, you know, signs about it will be in the library and like a lot of people will see it. Um, you know, a lot of people especially people who go to the library a lot will go to any author event just because they're interested in writing. Um, So maybe partnering with the library will help. There's a lot of ways that you can can draw an audience even if you don't have a built-in one yourself. So if you have any ideas or folks, if you have uh, great author events that you've been to, things that you like uh, that you want to tell us about or things that you've seen authors do that you think are cool, let us know. Send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we answer a recommendation request, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent, the original food tech company. They make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. Now, y'all have heard us talk about Soylent before. We love Soylent. Mallory drinks it every day. I think she's drinking it most days because she doesn't want to make breakfast. And if you're a person who's like, I just don't want to be bothered in the morning, Soylent can be perfect for you. There's the Soylent Complete Meal, which is a convenient, ready-to-drink shake. It also There also is um, a powder format of that same thing. And it 
provides you with 20 grams of plant-based protein. That is amazing. Also, 400 calories of slower-burning carbohydrates in one delicious serving. You can also get these little Soylent squares, which are small. Little squares, just like something, like look like a little chocolate square. The ones I had were chocolate, which I love. They're 100 calories, and they're great to have in between meals. It's like a nutrition bar, but really good for you. Um, and you can just eat it on the go. Listen. This is the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. There's no cooking. There's no cleanup. You just drink it. It makes you feel better. You don't have to worry about being hungry later. You've you've had your Soylent for the day. You've also had a lot of your vitamins and minerals for the day. And you'll love this rich and creamy chocolatey goodness. We love the chocolate one. Mallory loves vanilla. I love the chocolate. You decide which one you love best. So if you hate to cook, there's no worries. This is a complete meal in a bottle. You don't have to eat a salad to get all your nutrients. You can actually just go and get a Soylent. We're not saying it's replacing all of your meals. We're saying if you're in a hurry, if you don't like to eat breakfast in the morning, Soylent is a great thing for you to try. So go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV, and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Genius. Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Now let's answer a bookish recommendation request from Mara. Love the podcast. Mallory, I recently read Piranesi per your suggestion and fucking loved it. Although I didn't read it in one sitting, I read it in a day and a half. I saw that this book is considered a puzzle book. And since I love escape rooms, it's no shock to me now that puzzle books are my thing as well. Hmm. What other books are out there like this? I love unreliable narrators and epistolary novels in which one must read between the lines. The two books I couldn't stop reading in the past six months are Piranesi and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Thanks for being cool and fearless. Bria, what should Mara read? Okay. People kind of forget, but World War Z was an epistolary novel, is an epistolary novel. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is a chapter that is one of the best unreliable narrators chapters. So each chapter is by like a different person experiencing the zombie outbreak. And it's one of the best unreliable narrator chapters that I have ever read. So I would definitely suggest this tomorrow. If you haven't read World War Z, it's a great book. Even if you've seen the movie, the movie is not what the book is. So, um, Oh my God, I for- always forget they made a movie out of that. I know. A movie that was like just about one guy. But the crazy thing about the novel is that it's about many people and it it's all from their different point of view and one will just be like one section is just like oh it's just a report from a newspaper and then one is a journal and then one is it's great it's a really great epistolary novel um and the other thing i would recommend uh is the uh past guest of the show um sylvan nouvelle has um his series called the i think it's called the themis samus files uh it starts with sleeping giants and it's sci-fi um and basically they find these people find this giant hand 
in the ground and they have to figure out what it is. And so it becomes this like kind of science fiction mystery thing. Um, so you're also, it's again, uh, it's not necessarily unreliable narrator, although it is because it's told from these people's perspective and they're all kind of hiding something. So it's, it is really great in that way. And there is a mystery. So I think Mara might enjoy it. Um, Sleeping Giants, that's the name of that first one. I don't know if I said that. Um, Mallory, what do you think? So I went back and forth on this and you can back me up if you agree. Okay. Um, Mara, I think Mara should read The Last House on Needless Street by Catrion Ward. Um, I'll, back now, you up. Please, I'll back you up on that. Please read the content warnings for it, mostly for child abuse. Um, as we said before on the show, there's a lot of content warnings. There's This book is, is a tough read. It's not an easy, breezy, beautiful cover book it is it's it's a dark book um so please please read the content warnings but that being said I really think this is what Mara is looking for the whole book is a puzzle it's one of those books that when you finish it you immediately want to read it again because you're like whoa oh my gosh it's got an unreliable narrator actually in fact it has several unreliable narrators um it's about this man who clearly has some mental health issues and he lives with this cat and in his neighborhood, there's been uh, many years ago, a, a young girl was disappe- disappeared and it's been sort of this mystery. And it also follows the story of that young girl's sister who's trying to solve her disappearance um, and her, like her sister's journey to try to find out what happened to her sister. And I promise you, this book will keep you hooked in and guessing. It really is, I because Jeremy read, read it too. Jeremy actually grabbed it when we got the pre-order and read it before me. Um, it it feels like a puzzle box because you're tra- yeah. constantly from the first time, from the first chapter, trying to figure out what is going on. And I will say, I figured out one of the things, yeah, same. but not how it collect it connected to everything else. Same. And when I found out how it was all connected, I was just like, because you feel really smug. You're like, ooh, I figured out this thing. And then yeah. as the book keeps unfolding, your mind just gets totally blown. Yeah. And it is, it everything you think about this book gets flipped on its head. It's just absolutely brilliantly written. Um, actually, I think we're going to ha- be having Catriona Award on the show Ooh, next year, which I'm exciting. very excited about. Um, I promise you this book, even though it's a really tough read, it is very brilliant um, and it is just so much fun. So that's The Last House on Needless Street by Catriona Ward. And I'm saying World War Z and also check out uh, Sleeping Giants. So you can send your recommendation request to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a bookish question from Mandy. Mandy says, your podcast is my absolute favorite and it's breathed life and passion back into my reading habits due to all your awesome suggestions. I feel like a reading badass. I've learned to put a book down if it's not capturing my interest and to stop thinking of reading as something I should be doing instead of something I get to do. Hell fucking yeah, Mandy. Um, Anyway, I'm about a third of the way through A Head Full of Ghosts by Paul Tremblay, and I'm loving it. There's a chapter where a song is mentioned, Gloomy Sunday, so I looked it up on Spotify to hear it, liking the idea that I could have a soundtrack to the book as I read it. Out of curiosity, I also searched A Head Full of Ghosts on Spotify to see if anyone had created a playlist. I love finding a random playlist, and there are several, but I was thrilled to discover that Paul Tremblay himself has a Spotify account and made a playlist for this book and for Cabin at the End of the World. Do you do either of you know of other authors who have playlists for their books? This is a multi-sensory experience that I want to embrace. P.S. Thank you so much for being my reading cheerleaders. Still working out my wheelhouse, but I will always read female-led anything, multiple narrators, multiple timelines, nature-focused horror and sci-fi, dystopia, prolonged crushes, and of course, witches. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well, 
The answer is yes, Mandy. <laughs> the answer is yes. There's lots. Of, we actually did a whole um, uh, episode on music and books, and we did cover this a little bit, right, Mallory? Yeah, just a little bit. We mostly focused on like people using background noise to read, but um, this is a whole thing. Yeah, it is. It is for all kinds of authors, every kind of author, romance, literary fiction, all these people are making these playlists. People are making playlists for the books. Um, there, there's a whole subculture of people doing this kind of stuff uh, for you to listen to while you're reading or after you're reading. Yeah, I do this. Um, both of my books have Spotify playlists. Uh, I actually initially make them to write to because it's an easy way to slip like immediately right back into the state of mind that you need to write that book. Um, but I decided to make them public because of people like Mandy and myself who like to listen to them. Um, the one for Lady from the Black Lagoon is all songs that represent a period of Millicent Patrick's life. Um, the one for Girly Drinks is all songs by women uh, about drinking in bars. I personally love checking out book playlists made by authors. Uh, it's cool to get into the exact atmosphere the author intended for a book. Also, quick sidebar for me that I want to say, because I peeked into the Reading Glasses Facebook group. I don't go on Facebook much anymore, but whenever I do, I only go do it to look in the Reading Glasses Facebook group. And somebody posted a, uh, the cover of Lady from the Black Lagoon and was like, hey, is this any good? And somebody was like, <laughs> That's Mallory's book. And they're like, oh my God, I had no idea. So if you are a new listener to the show and somehow don't know, I am also an author. And in addition to writing Girly Drinks, I wrote The Lady from the Black Lagoon, which came out in 2019. It's a biography of Millicent Patrick, who's the woman who designed the creature from the Black Lagoon. It was just like, you know those moments where you feel like you've said something a million times, but in reality, authors always feel bad for promoting their stuff. But it just made me realize that like most of the time people aren't, seeing all of that stuff. Yeah. So I was like, how is it possible for anyone to be a Reading Glasses fan and not know that I wrote Lady from the Black Lagoon? But if they started listening within the past year or so, they might not know. Yeah. So, hey, I wrote Lady from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> yeah, that's always weird when I talk to people that I've met in the past like 10 years and they're like, have you ever seen the show Friday Night Lights? Have you ever seen the show Heroes? And I'm like, you mean the show's they got me like my SAG card that I started on. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you mean them. the shows that I was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're like shows that people recommend to me, and I'm like, yeah, I've seen them. Uh, I'm in them. You've seen me in them. You just don't recognize me. Yeah, weird. Weird. So so so. Like, um, yeah. Do you what what do you know of any authors that did, wasn't? Didn't we talk to an author that did this? Well, I don't. Yeah, I think we did. But I was gonna say the author I literally just recommended, Sylvain Duvel, did one for his last book, A History of What Comes Next. Every chapter has, yeah, he talked about it on our show. Uh, we He did this for his last book and every chapter has like a different song like from the era, which is really great. I think the problem with these kind of playlists is that you kind of don't know if they exist unless you just Google for it, right, Mallory? Or spot, look on Yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's very rarely something that a publisher will publicize. Um, the, be the way that I normally find out about them is just by following authors on Twitter or like author friends that I have. Like I know uh, my friend Delilah Dawson does this very frequently. Um, just a lot of authors that I know. So following authors on social media can sometimes tip you off. Or what I would do is the same thing Mandy did is if you're reading a book and you're getting really into it, Google um, Google the author's website because a lot of authors post um, like uh, I think my, my friend... Erin Morgenstern, she just posted some stuff because it was the 10th, 10th anniversary of the Night Circus. Oh, cool. She was posting a bunch of cool stuff and she had made a playlist for the Night Circus, uh, which is really cool to listen to uh, while you're reading it. Um, 
So uh, checking an author's website, they'll normally post it on there um, or just searching Spotify because even if an author didn't make one, a lot sometimes fans make their own fan-made playlist for, for books. Yeah. Uh, it's just something really cool. Um, if you are the kind of person that really likes to listen to music while you're reading or maybe listening, just listening to that playlist while you're in the process of reading the book, not while you're actively reading it, but while you're like, head is still in that space. Um, I would check it out. My, like my boyfriend can't, has to have complete silence when he's reading, but I love listening to playlists and feel like getting into that exact sort of like atmosphere of a book. Um, but there's no real central hub of where you would find these. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least not one that I know of. If listeners know of like a website that that makes a list of these, please uh, let us know. That'd be a cool website to make. But, um, other than that, it's just Google and Spotify searching, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did you do one for Mary? Mm-mm. No, I didn't. And it's interesting. I definitely have um, my own personal playlists I make for th- things when I'm working, like when I'm prepping for a movie or when I'm working on a movie. I like have a playlist for every project I've done, but um, I don't ever share them with the public. Maybe I should start sharing them. Maybe people would be interested and see like, oh, this is the playlist that inspired 12-Hour Shift. This is the playlist that inspired I, Torn I Arts. think people would be really into that, actually. Yeah. And a lot of times I'll, I'll go and like if I'm writing, I'll create a playlist because I'll listen to it. I'll go for a walk and listen to it and then come back and write because I feel like it puts me in the right headspace. Um, yeah. 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 So I could totally see, I like the, I love the idea of getting to the author's headspace. Like it's a very fun. Yeah. It is really, really cool. I always, whenever I see authors, uh, even if I haven't read the book, I will check out the playlist because I'm yeah. like, <laughs> what sometimes that to? might give you, it sounds weird, but it might give you an idea of like, oh, do I want to read this book? Like this atmosphere, this playlist is very like moody and atmospheric and romantic. Like maybe that's what I'm in the mood for and get you to read a book, um, which is really, really cool. We love uh, sort of extracurricular book stuff on the show. If you have any playlists that you really like, or maybe you made your own for a book, we'd love to uh, check it out uh, on a future episode and the feedback we can list some and and, uh, link to some that people send in to us. uh, And always, if you want us to answer your bookish question or solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, totes, and shirts, and stickers, and all kinds of cool stuff. Sweatshirts even. I really think I need to get a reading glasses sweatshirt. I saw someone the other day on Instagram with a t-shirt that said, the, the design that Jordan made that said, reading and Bria and yeah, like that and Mallory, uh, which is really cute. Yeah. I think it was like, because well, the cool thing about the new store is that you can pick a bunch of different colors. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like our old store, which was one design and one type of color. Yeah. Like people can, I think this one was like black and pink or pink on pink. It was really, really cool. Uh, so you can check out the show notes to, to look at that. And if you like the show and you're like, man, the holidays are coming up. Gosh, I would like to get something nice for my friends, Mallory and Bria, for being with me all year. You can give us a, a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review podcasts. It really makes a huge difference for us. It helps people find the show. It helps convince people they might like the show because they're like, wow, look at all these look at all these five-star reviews. The show must be good. Helps us get more advertisers. It's huge for us. Uh, you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.